are we living in a dark generation? Yeah, pretty much. So lately God has been showing me that our generation is pretty much surrounded by darkness and almost every area of our life is filled with that darkness. And unfortunately, the church and the people of God have been infiltrated with that darkness as well. Um, It's in pretty much every aspect of our lives. It's in the shows we watch on TV, the movies, the music, the food we eat, the clothes we wear. I mean, everything, the social media, of course, Everything has been, excuse me, has been trying to lure people into the kingdom of darkness. And I think right now God really wants his children to first recognize what is being used as a tool for the kingdom of darkness and how to separate themselves from that kingdom so that they can truly be the light that God has called us to be. Um, Another thing about our, and I, I have notes because I will forget. So another thing I did write in my notes is not only are we being infiltrated by darkness, but we're also very prideful about our sins. And I'm using that word prideful on purpose. We are very prideful about our sins, whether that be drunkenness, we show it off to the whole world, Um, whether it be sexual immorality, we show that off to the whole world and there's no real repentance for our sins. And that really creates an open door for the kingdom of darkness to kind of infiltrate us. Um, Also, I did start noticing and watching some videos in the comments. Like there was one time I was watching a video about covering our hair and that's going to be a video for another day because I'm sure you see my head is covered but um in the scriptures it does tell women to cover our hair so I was looking at videos and trying to get some more information trying to figure out if this is a command or if this is something that Paul just wrote to the churches because it was his opinion and I came across this video and I At first, I thought it was um, a Christian young lady or even a Jewish young lady talking about covering hair, but I started listening to her and she actually was a witch talking about covering their hair. And, And one thing we do know about the kingdom of darkness, they will always try to copy the kingdom of light so that they can continue to lure people in. And I was scrolling in the comments because I was just so shocked that people were like, buying into this and buying into what she was saying and I just wanted to read the comments to kind of see like what is enticing people to even want to be a part of the kingdom of darkness and there was one comment that stood out to me that it really broke my heart and it made me also very angry and the young lady in the comments said that she has decided that she wants to work for demons and I remember thinking like what on earth and is she the only person that actually wants to do this or are there other people? So I really want right now with watching this video and hearing what I'm going to say today and what God is going to lead me to say, I really want believers to be aware, be very diligent and understand that we do have enemies on this earth, not just physical enemies, but we also have spiritual enemies. And there are people on this earth who want to make an alliance with the kingdom of darkness. And this is why it's so important that we separate ourselves 
from the kingdom of darkness. So that's about all I'm going to say. The rest of this video is actually going to be about what God has already said. And it's just going to be me um, saying scripture and giving you like basically an arsenal of scripture that you can have. And I want you to write these down. I want you to read them for yourself after I uh, recite them. And then I want you to study them because this is going to be your toolkit. This is going to be your ammunition from when the enemy starts to come in like a flood. You have scripture that you can fall back on. And when the enemy tries to infiltrate even your heart, you have some scripture to fall back on. So the very first scripture I want to read is Acts chapter two, and I will be reading from verse number 40. So with this scripture, Peter was preaching um, to a group of people in the early church. Again, this is the book of Acts. So this is the very beginning of the church. And he says, uh, well, it says, then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners. And here's what he says. He says, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And then after he says that, the scriptures uh, say that 3,000 people were added to the body of Christ. So we see here in the very beginning of the church, Paul is, sorry, not Paul, Peter is writing that uh, we believers have to save ourselves from this crooked generation. Now at that time, the, that generation was probably doing things that our generation could be partaking in or not. But at the end of the day, it was a crooked generation then. And right now we are definitely living in a crooked generation. Another scripture, again, I'm going to give you 10. So now I'm, now I'm at two. Uh, next one is 1 Peter chapter 2. And it's at verse 9. I'm actually going to read from starting at verse eight. Yeah, I'm going to start from verse eight. And it says, he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So we see here, God is already putting his stamp on his people. This is again, a New Testament scripture. So this wasn't just him speaking to the children of Israel. When in fact, th these words were taken from the Old Testament as well. We do see th these same words in the Old Testament a number of times. But right here, God is now putting his stamp on all believers around the world. And he's saying we are a chosen people. We are not to be like the world. We are to look different, speak differently, act differently. We are to stand out. And he says it because we can now show others the goodness of God, for he has called us out of the darkness. He's called us out of those things and called us into his wonderful light. So those are some New Testament scriptures, but we got to take this thing all the way back to the very beginning because we see in the very beginning of God's word, he made a clear distinction between darkness and light. So I'm going to go to Genesis chapter one. Yes, Genesis chapter one, verse three to five. 
And at this time, uh, during the creation story, there was darkness over the whole earth, right? And I want you to pay attention to what God says here. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good. Then he separated light from darkness. God called the light day and called the darkness night. So we see here there's a clear distinction between light and dark. We can't muddy it. We can't blend them together. It'll never work. Even the scriptures tell us light penetrates to dark through darkness. So God doesn't want us to blend the two together. He clearly made a distinction from the very beginning of the world that light is to be separated from the darkness. All right. So now we're going to go back to the New Testament. That was only scripture number three. Oh my goodness. We're going to go to number four, which is second Corinthians uh, chapter four. And I'm going to start at verse six. Okay. All right. And it says, for God who said, let there be light in darkness has made this light shine in our hearts. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. This is such a great analogy because yes, we contain this light, but like the scripture says, we are fragile jars. So there might be cracks and little peaks here and there where that light can really peek through and we need that light just like the song we used to sing as little kids this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine that's what we have to do even if it's just a little bit of light that peeks through that can make a world of difference all right scripture number five we're almost halfway there we're gonna go to John chapter one and verse number five. It says, this one is pretty simple. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Okay. So if you go into a dark room, I mean, the room could be pitch black. If you have a little candle, is that room still dark? Is it still pitch black? No. Now, because of that little candle, there is some light in the room and we can no longer call that light darkness because of that one little light. So if you just let your little light shine, that's enough to extinguish the darkness and let the darkness flee. And that's literally what happens when you turn the light on. It's almost like darkness from a room just flees, right? All right. Number six, I know Garrett likes his videos to be 10 minutes I might be almost over 10 minutes, but we're going to go to Matthew chapter five. And again, I'm only giving 10, but the Bible is full from Genesis to Revelations about uh, scriptures about light and dark. But I'm just giving you 10 today. I do want you to go and find some more as well. But we're going to go to Matthew chapter five and verse number 14. And it says, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. That's pretty straightforward. I don't even think I need to 
go into that at all. Very straightforward. All right, number seven, almost to the finish line. Second Timothy chapter three. For some reason, I didn't write the verse, so I, I hope I don't have to read the whole thing. But let's see, Second Timothy chapter three. Okay, so this is um, this scripture is talking about the last days and how people will be in the last days. And I really want you guys to pay attention to this because as I read it, you're going to start pinpointing areas in our generation where this applies. Okay, so he says, starting at uh, verse one, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing, or is it scoffing? Scoffing or scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And this is the New Living uh, Translation. So here... This is another blueprint we have, right? This blueprint shows us how the generations will be in the last days. Now, when this was written, I'm pretty sure there were people like this, but I could definitely see how prevalent these words are and how, um, how we really need to pinpoint these areas in our generation. And for some of us, this applies to us right? Some of us are unforgiving. Some of us are prideful. Some of us tend to to love ourselves so much and think the world revolves around us, right? And one thing that helps us do all of these things is social media, right? It's like social media puts us on a platform and everything is, you know, circulating around us and we're not really caring or thinking about others and putting other people first and being kind and being friendly and things like that. So I want us to really study this scripture. Again, this is 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, okay? We got to really study this and repent. If, we, if this applies to us, we have to repent for every offense that's written here. All right, so we're going to reel it back in, darkness versus light. We're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 5, Okay. And sorry, I'm going to start with verse four. Okay. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and clear headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmets the confidence of our salvation. Okay? All right. I'm going to try to end this. 
John 8 and verse 12. This is scripture number nine. And then we got one more after this, okay? And then I think we're gonna pray a little bit uh, before we close this out. John 8 chapter, sorry, yeah, John 8 verse 12. Okay, this is Jesus speaking um, again um, as he's preaching to people. And he says, well, the verse says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So I definitely want to close this with bringing everything back to Jesus, right? Um, Jesus is letting us know, yes, this is a perverse generation. Uh, It's a dark generation, but we don't have to live in light. If we follow him and keep our eyes on him, he will lead us to life, okay? And the very last verse is just a few chapters over in chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verse 35, and then we're going to pray a little bit. Okay, this is again Jesus uh, speaking. And Jesus replied, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. Okay. So as we can see here, he, God still wants us to make a clear distinction between darkness and light. He says here that those who live and walk in darkness can't even see where they're going, right? Again, the analogy of being in a dark room, you can walk in that dark, dark room, stump your toe, hit your head on the wall. I mean, you're going to hurt yourself because you don't know what's there. You don't know what danger is there, is there. But those who walk in the light have a clear path. The word of God says that the word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. So we have to be in this word. We have to know that this word is a light to us. And then as we take in the word, regurgitate, well, we will regurgitate that word and bring it out into the world so that people also will be able to partake in the light. So I want to close by saying, be confident in your ability to be the light in this world. Make a decision today that you are going to be the light. The world desperately needs it. Yes, they're puffed up. Yes, the world is prideful. Yes, you know, people tend to love themselves and don't really want anything to do with God. But you got to make your election known. You got to be strong in your faith and really be a light in this world. Maybe in a few more weeks or if Garrett will allow me back on the channel, um, I'll talk a little bit about how I'm choosing to be a light in this world. And um, we'll talk about uh, the choices I've made to turn away from darkness and some experiences I've been having in the last couple of weeks that's pushing me closer and closer to God and away from the kingdom of darkness. So let's close this out with a little prayer. 
Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you, O God, for the opportunity to share your word with those who are listening. I pray, dear Lord, that this word falls on fertile ground. I pray against weeds. I pray against rocks. I pray against anything that will come and take this word away from your people. I pray, Father God, that the ground, O God, is fertile, O God, so that the word will go deep into their hearts and truly make a change into their lives, O God. I pray oh God, that you would give your people the confidence to be different, the confidence to be a light in this world, the confidence to be set apart, but also the love to reach out to others who are in darkness. As we see them in darkness, help us to have the confidence to lead them to the light and not be puffed up in our own light, oh God. Father God, I pray, oh God, that you, oh God, will heal, oh God, the places that are broken in people, oh God. I pray that we will start to identify, oh God, the darkness in our own hearts and we will repent, oh God, right now, oh God, I repent, oh God, of the ways that I've let darkness into my heart, oh God. And I pray, oh God, that other believers will be able to repent as well, oh God. Father God, please walk with us, oh God. Please keep us, please protect us, oh God, in these last days. It is in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. Bye. Yeah.